Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian, and I'm going it solo again today. I have a book that just came in the mail, Temples and Tombs. Now, it's I really like this book. It's a nice a nice printing of this book. It's all black and white, even the cover art is black and white. It's a really nice nice print. The cover's nice material it's all done on. Bound pretty well. The book is written and designed by Christopher Gray. It is called, well, Temples and Tombs. It's written by, designed by Christopher Gray. He also did the layout and design from what it looks like here. The cover illustration, interior illustrations are done by Robert Herbert. And it's published by Gallant Knight Games. If you would like to pick up a copy, you can find it on GameFound.com. I will try to leave a link in the show notes. You can find the hardcover plus PDF set there for $35. You can also find a copy of the PDF on DriveThruRPG. It just came in. I backed this on Kickstarter a a few months back earlier this year, and it just came in the mail. I was excited. Actually, I didn't realize it was coming in the mail. I got a package. I was trying to figure out what it was. When I opened it up, I said, oh, it's the Temples and Tombs game. Now, by looking at the cover, it's kind of self-explanatory. It's got a sort of... Indiana Jones looking feller there. It's very much built or I designed or the idea behind it is kind of old pulp adventures and, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Romancing the Stone or a few that they give examples of. And it uses the Year Zero engine. Now, if you're not familiar, the Year Zero engine is the game system. I talk about it a lot here, but it's the game system that Free League has been using. And it's a open system for others to use as well. And this is one of the first like kind of big published books that I've been able to find or pick up that uses it. So this stuff here, I really appreciate this game because it's highly compatible with a whole bunch of other games that I have from Mutant Year Zero to Vaccine, Alien, Tales from the Loop, Forbidden Lands, Coriolis. Uh, there's a few others out there that use it. I believe that the new Twilight 2000 uses the system as well, but I'm not 100% certain. So if you want to bring in other elements of sci-fi or fantasy from other places into this game, it's really easy to do. Tales of Adventure. It starts off telling you about your adventure, how to roll up your adventure, and it tells you a bit about the game director and role-playing games. It's got an introductory section here that kind of goes over all those basics uh it talks about content safety they do uh they do a brief thing on the x card which is becoming more popular in role-playing games these days now like all other year zero engine books you get four attributes then here they are grit quick wit and style you have if you're a kid you have 15 attribute points to distribute amongst them if you're in your prime which would be 26 to 50 years old, you have 14 attribute points to distribute amongst those four. And if you're grizzled, you get 13 attribute points to distribute amongst them. And what you do is you get, oh, somewhere between two to, I think it's two to four. And then if you do really good, if it's your prime attribute for whatever class you're creating, you can go up to a five, I believe is how it works. And the way the system goes is that however many you have, let's say you have a four in your grit and you go to use your grit to fight or, or do some kind of 
strong person type of feat, you roll four six-sided dice. And if one of them comes up a six, you succeed. It's pretty much that simple. After the attributes, you get skills. There are 12 skills. There are three for each attribute. There are fight, endure, feat, drive, shoot, stunt, fix, savvy, lore, sway, scare, and trick. And each of those will, some of those will get an additional points depending on, on uh, what it is. So if you're a kid, you get eight skill points. In your prime, you get 10 skill points. In grizzled, you get 12 skill points. And you will allocate those to the, one of the skills. Now, let's say you have two in fight and you have a four in grit. You now have a six when you go to fight because you add the skill point to the attribute point numbers. And that's how many six-sided dice you would roll. And if one of them rolls up a six, you succeed. That's pretty much how it works. It goes into talents and ambition. Now, designing characters in Year Zero games tends to have an extra element of character development as it has things like talents, ambitions... You also are going to be creating an institution with the other people in your party. The type of institutions you can create listed here are colleges and universities, museums, government agencies, nonprofit, adventuring society, secret society, wealth patron, and news group. You're going to flesh out the details and your group is going to make whatever institution it is that you're working with or working for. So let's say you work for the college or university, then most of your adventures will probably be centered around where the college or university is going to send you to. This is set primarily, it looked like in the 20s or 30s, uh, 100 years ago, sort of in that era where you get those Indiana Jones type archaeological adventure, dungeon delving, modern type stories. There are some really cool, unique elements to this that I thought were fun. As we go forward, there are the, I'm going to hit the classes real quick and just read you off a list of the classes you have. The ace, the archaeologist, the doctor, the genius, the hunter, the journalist, the outlaw, the professional adventurer, the socialite, the soldier, the spy, and the thief. I think the ace is more of a pilot type character. I think the rest are mostly self-explanatory. The book then goes on to describe and go into the skills, pushing your skills, pushing luck and stuff like that, which I probably won't get too in-depth here. If you're familiar with Year Zero games, you probably have a good idea of what that is and how that works. Uh, if not, we'll get into that into a future discussion of Year Zero games. Now it goes into the sections, it's kind of the Game Master section, or I believe it was called a, uh, what are they calling it here again? I think I, the Game Director. So this is the Game Director section. It talks about adventures and how to piece together and create adventures. It's got sections on, on dungeons. It's also got a great little section just on MacGuffins. MacGuffin ideas. I'm always slipped to flip over to page 96 because I think that's fun. It kind of embraces the MacGuffin and it gives you a little D66 chart. One of the big things in the year zero games is a D66 chart. That's where you roll two six-sided die like you would roll percentile. You roll two ten-sided die. One would be the tens column and one would be the ones column. If the tens column comes up a five and the ones column comes up a three, you have a 53%. Same thing here except with two six-sided die. So you have a range between 11 and 66, you know, really 11 through 16, then 21 through 26, and so on and so forth. So there's not as many options as a D100 table, but it's got a lot of options. So it's got a D66 table you roll. One is the tens, one is the ones column. And I'll just, just for fun, because this is neat, I'm going to roll a, a D66. I've got a pink and a blue one. I'm going to say pink is my tens. 
and I oh, I rolled a 33, double threes. Seal of Solomon, amulet that traps demons. Another MacGuffin we could have. I just rolled another 33. How is that? <laughs> I rolled a 36. This die loves threes. On a 36, I got original jade books in heaven of ancient China. I'm not sure what that means, <laughs> but that's one of the MacGuffins. It goes on. It's got a lot of cool little MacGuffins that you can look to and say, oh, this is the artifact we're looking for. Holy nails. The nails used when Christ was crucified and so on and so forth. Then it goes on to set pieces and dungeon ideas. So we're dungeon delving in the 20th century, essentially. So everybody's going to probably fly out there Indiana Jones style and, and or take their boats and head to wherever this temple is that we have to explore. And that's kind of the whole idea of this game. I like the fact that it is a dungeon delving game. The types of equipment you can use in here is going to be different than your typical dungeon delving with fantasy. That could be very fun if done right. Different set pieces are often, some of them are are, are, his, are places that we know, and some of them are kind of generic. Easter Island, Chile, Stonehenge, Salisbury, England, Rainbow Mountains of China, large range of very colorful mountains. And it's just got tons of places. I think it's neat that this is kind of set in our real world. I am a big reader of history, and I like to, you know, you can even just go on wikipedia if you want to to prepare for a game and start reading about one of the things here that that is that you've rolled up for an adventure and exploring some of the socio-political elements that existed in certain areas at a time could be really interesting fun games Ooh, here you got the round table where king arthur's knights congregated that would be a fun one <laughs> my mind is going straight back to uh what was the indiana jones movie with sean connery where they had to find the holy grail <laughs> The book is good. I like it. It's got a large area or a large section in the back of threats where it's got NPC stats that you can run with real quick and various archetypes that would be seen and the era on those types of uh, adventures, cloak and daggers. Each one's kind of set aside for different types of adventures. They got a blue blood society section with the different characters, the social clubs, and then they have some stats for people that would be in there. Threatening groups. They've got sort of paramilitary and military type. So I'm assuming that if you wanted to do the whole fighting Nazis type thing, that's where you would look and that's where you would uh pull up different monsters they've got aliens demons fairies ghosts golems great old ones vampires and things of that sort also if you're in playing this one of the great things about monsters is there are a lot of other games that are year zero games i know free league just did a whole kickstarter for a bestiary or a monsters manual for the Forbidden Land. So if you pick that up, you've got a whole monster book that you can throw all something fun into in one of these dungeons and really go crazy with it. Plus, they've got things like Coriolis and Aliens, so you could probably pull out some sci-fi elements to throw into it as well. There's a lot you can do with this. It could make for a fun, exciting game. I could even, one of the things I was thinking when I was looking at this was, what if we created a little time-traveling group and kind of jumped around to post-apocalypse mutant year zero to the strange 80s of the Tales from the Loop? You could go back to Vaseline and do some Nordic horror or into space in the future, kind of run a little Doctor Who-y type campaign. That was one of the things that popped into my head when reading through this book that I could use it for. It's a neat book. I'm excited to get it in. Uh, been reading through it, exploring it, thinking of ideas. Not sure where I'll get a chance to run it at this point. You know how that is. But 
That's about all I have for today. I hope you've enjoyed our podcast. If you have, you can follow us on Facebook. Go ahead and do the like and follow. You just search us, Wobblies and Wizards. We're online at wobbliesandwizards.com. I'm on Twitter at Logar Hale Crom. That's Conan's God, if you didn't catch on. And keep those dice rolling.